Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 56 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. The start of the new beekeeping season is almost upon us and last weekend I travelled out of the county to the first major trade show of this season, Bee Tradex. podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. So last weekend was the first of the major beekeeping trade shows here in the UK called Bee Tradex. It's held at Stony Park in Warwickshire here in the UK, although it's becoming far more than just a simple trade show with various lectures, AGMs of various groups and business meetings also being held at the venue. So what I thought I'd do is just give you an overview of uh, how my trip went. So uh, yeah, last Saturday the weather was much warmer this year than last year when we had snow and ice and I couldn't even get out of the drive. And this has resulted in a huge turnout of beekeepers and the show hall was constantly busy. The really nice thing was that the hall that they used this year was large enough to accommodate all of the trade stands and everyone had room to move around and look at the displays without constantly bumping into each other. The weather was a bit bright and breezy, I have to say, with heavy rain showers blowing across the event quite frequently, so it was great that everything was under the one roof. Those people who were smart enough to have bought advance tickets, as the queue for buying tickets at one point must have been a hundred beekeepers long if not more well those people that had those tickets were able to get in out of the rain but some people got fairly well soaked queuing up for tickets the main hall was bright and roomy as i said and apart from wanting to chat to equipment suppliers and manufacturers i was also there for the bee farmers meetings which were being held from midday so my morning was a little bit of a whirlwind really It was great to stop and chat with a few beekeepers who've seen my videos, particularly those who are supporters on my Patreon page, particularly Greg and Jackie Palmer, who were absolutely lovely. It was nice to hear Greg's plans for the coming season and to chat about how he was enjoying his beekeeping so much. It was funny to hear how many people were really surprised that I was so tall. I am six foot three, but I assume you don't get to see that on the videos. For those of you who did stop to say hello, Now you know why I have all those back problems. The actual trade show itself was very well attended by suppliers. There must have been 50 or 60 stands, I would think. And there were well over 2,000 beekeepers passing through the main doors, I would guess. Add to this the lectures that were available, and it added up to a really great day out for everybody. Some of the highlights for me on the day were actually meeting some old friends as well as making new friends as I wandered around the stands. At this point, I really want to wish good luck to my very dear friend, Sandra Gray, who has just taken up the post of National Bee Inspector for the National Bee Unit here in the UK. Sandra and I used to work together as seasonal bee inspectors. She's not only a fantastic beekeeper and inspector, but a great administrator too, so I'm sure she'll do a fantastic job. And with the ongoing challenge of the Asian Hornet incursion, I'm sure she'll have her hands full. I also stopped at the Modern Beekeeping Trade Stand to chat with Paul Beardmore. Paul, as you will probably know, supplies the honeypore hives and the Zucan Apipasta that I've been using with excellent results. It looks like he's expanded and has taken on the modern beekeeping business and they sell the 
Paradise Honey Poly Hives. And this will complement his Honey Poor Langstroth Hives as well, I've no doubt. And of course, he's still got the various Zucan feed products and other bits of kit to add to the portfolio. I tried to get a moment with the very nice people at Maysmore Apiaries. You'll possibly remember that they supplied me with their own commercial poly hives to try out in 2017. Those hives are doing great so far and the bees in them have come through the winter really strongly. I say I tried to chat with them because they were so busy I just couldn't get anyone to stop for long enough to say hello. Even Caroline, who I can normally get a couple of minutes with, was so busy she didn't even see me stood in front of her at the desk. Not to worry, I'll hopefully catch up with her and her colleagues at the BBKA Spring Convention. I did, however, manage to say a very quick hello to James at BBWare, but again, they were so busy demonstrating their range of bee suits, we barely had time to acknowledge each other. Again, I'll make time to track him down at the Spring Convention. One of my main targets at the show was the Carl Fritz stand. Those of you who follow my videos will know I have a 100 kilo creamer unit from them. It's absolutely brilliant, and I wanted to check out a couple of other bits of kit that I'm looking to add this summer. I've got my eye on a honey sump and a separate honey pump. The honey sump is basically a narrow rectangular unit that incorporates a series of baffles that traps wax and debris as it flows out of the extractor and through the sump and it kind of goes under and over various baffles. Once it arrives at the other end of the honey sump it's pretty much clean honey and could be pumped up into a settling tank or straight into storage buckets. So I was quite disappointed to see that they didn't actually have one on display. That said I got talking to Michael Fritz who showed me an interesting alternative that has some big benefits for me. One of the drawbacks with the honey sump is that it takes a lot of honey to fill it up and to get it to start working. I would think maybe 80 to 120 kilos just to get the thing started because you need to raise the level of the honey so that it flows over the top of the baffles. And that's a lot of honey and to have that sat in an open tray in my honey room and also when I've finished extracting I've got the added issue of draining out the honey that's left in the various sections. I hadn't really considered this, and as I'm not a huge honey producer, I don't really want to have 100 kilos of honey sat on the floor to have to empty out of the honey sump. Enter the wax honey separator. Now, this is a very unusual device that I struggled to get to grips with in the limited time that I had to take a good look at it. But if you imagine a circular 20-frame extractor-sized stainless steel drum with an inlet at the bottom which has a 30 centimetre funnel attached to it. This funnel is positioned beneath the extractor so that as you extract, the honey just flows straight out of the extractor and into that funnel. But of course, you get the honey, the wax and all the other debris that's coming out of the extractor at the same time. When the separator is switched on, the extracted honey is fed into two stainless steel buckets inside the machine which spin around and somehow separate the honey from the general wax and debris. This honey is forced up to the top of the unit where it flows out and runs onto an angled internal collar that then feeds to an outlet pipe at the top of the drum. The honey's perfectly clean and there's no need for a pump. Here it can go straight into buckets for storage or straight through to the bottling plant. 
Of course, if you had the room, you could simply pump it up into a larger settling tank if that's what you wanted to do. You can probably tell I'm quite excited about this piece of kit. For me, I all too often have found myself extracting honey, not being able to strain it properly, putting it into buckets and storing it, only to then have to take it out, reheat it a few months later, ready for bottling. And it's just a waste of time, energy and effort to have to keep reheating the honey. And of course, it's going to damage the honey if you overheat it. I think this unit is going to save me a heap of time and money, both of course vital for any commercial beekeeper, regardless of their size. Once I calmed down a little bit, I was drawn over to the Swenty equipment stand. Last year, I bought one of their bottling machines, and I absolutely love it. What caught my eye here was a stainless steel stand and a micro switch setup that attaches to the bottling unit that allows you to push the honey jar into position and have the machine automatically fill the jar when the switch is tripped. I consider myself fairly coordinated, but I recently pressed the fill button without putting a jar beneath the nozzle and had 350 grams of honey squirt out all over the worktop. It was one of those rabbit-caught-in-the-headlights moments. I just stood there and watched until the honey had emptied from the filling machine. I think this setup might just prevent that in the future so I can feel another investment coming on. Or maybe I'll just have to win it in a prize draw at the spring convention. Just don't tell my wife. As I moved away from the Swenty stand, I noticed yet another beekeeping clothing stand. I can't remember the name of them, but remember thinking at the time, that must be over a dozen stands selling bee suits. It's a huge market, obviously, and one that not so long ago was occupied only by Sheriff and BB Wear, probably the two most trusted and reliable bee suit manufacturers out there. As usual, Thorn Beekeeping Supplies had one of the biggest displays of kit. Anything you need for beekeeping was probably available on their stand, and that also includes things like candle-making moulds through to squeezy bear honey bottles. The one thing I do like to pick up from Thorns is their simple pull-over hive strap. You've probably seen me using it in some of my videos. It's a bit awkward to get to grips with at the start, but once you get the hang of it, they're super fast and really secure, and at the shows, they tend to be on offer. Another large stand was the display by National Bee Supplies. They have some excellent looking products, hives and hive parts generally, but they look really well machined and probably fit together exceptionally well. I've never had the opportunity to try out any of their kit, as I always do the standard bee farmer thing and look for the most cost effective hives that I can find. I think that's a polite way of saying the cheapest I can find. Perhaps one day I may win the lottery and be able to afford those very nice hives that the National Bee Supplies guys sell. Quite close to their stand was Beecraft. This is a monthly beekeeping magazine available in both printed and digital versions. The magazine has articles on most areas of beekeeping and the usual mix of tips and techniques and also they take a look at beekeeping around the world. The magazine is £35 for 12 months, which seems like pretty good value to me. I probably should subscribe myself, if only I could find the time to read it. Another really interesting magazine is the Beekeeper's Quarterly, and this one I do get. It's available from the Northern Bee Books guys, and contains lots of really interesting articles about beekeeping from around the world. As usual, I'll put links to everything that I've mentioned in the show notes, so you can click through and take a look at it all. I didn't get to spend as much time in the main hall as I would have liked as I had to attend a couple of bee farmer meetings from midday. I could have spent all day wandering around the trade show area, 
Fortunately, I'm also going to the BBKA Spring Convention, so I'll be able to take a little more time there. A couple of stands I didn't get to walk around were the bee equipment stand. Patrick and his team were hard at work when I wandered past, and they were really busy with customers, so I figured I'd catch up with them at the Spring Convention. It was Patrick who supplied me with the Nico queen rearing system that I produced a few videos on, and I'll be using that system to raise my queens, along with more grafting, this coming season. It's a really good system and worth getting a properly sourced version, not the cheap imitations that you can find available out there on the internet. The other stand I wanted to take a look at was Simon the Beekeeper. Again, Simon sells a wide range of beekeeping equipment, but I wasn't able to spend any time checking out their stuff. Maybe he'll be at the spring convention too. After I'd finished meandering around the hall, I had a quick dash over to another building on the site to sit in on a bee farmers meeting, which is all about exchanging beekeeping knowledge and best practice. It was a really interesting presentation, and I'm looking forward to seeing what data I collect over the coming season. The aim is to provide information to each bee farmer so we can analyse what we're doing compared to other bee farmers and question if we can make improvements to our business for increased efficiencies. Stupidly, I've never kept data on what I'm doing. I keep plenty of records for my bees, but not for me. Well, that's going to change this year, and we'll see what the data says at the end of the season. I'll happily share some of this information to let you know how the year has been from a business perspective rather than just a beekeeping perspective. Who knows, I may even make a profit this year. Oh, but hang on, I've got my eye on quite a lot of equipment again for this season, so maybe there won't be any profit. The day ended with the Bee Farmers Business Meeting. This was really just a few updates and notices, but significantly talk about the government's Making Tax Digital initiative. I'm still a little fuzzy about the whole thing, but because my business is still quite small in terms of honey production, I don't think I have anything to do as yet. I did fire off a quick email to my accountant just to check, though. I don't want any unwelcome fines dropping on my doormat. Once we got the notices out of the way, we were treated to a really interesting talk about his queen-rearing operation by the Bee Farmers chairman, Jed Marshall. Jed and his daughter Bex have built up a reputation for supplying the highest quality Buckfast-type bees from their base in Bucks here in the UK and produce over 2,000 queens every year. I have to say... I was very impressed with both the talk and the quality of the bees shown in Jed's presentation, and I was very tempted to rush home and place an order. I'm really torn between producing near-native bees and strong honey production buckfast-type bees. The honey yield from Jed Marshall's buckfast queens is, quite frankly, staggering, yet I'm conflicted about having to continually introduce new stock regularly, as once the Queen's daughters that have the F1 vigour produce their own daughters, they can sometimes be quite defensive and difficult to handle. It's something I'm going to have to think long and hard about over the next few months as I get into my own Queen-rearing cycle and see what kind of results I get from my own stock. Maybe next year I'll give them a go. So to finish, my trip to the 2019 B-Tradex event was hugely enjoyable really interesting and made all the more special by having a chance to catch up with friends old and new. I'd certainly recommend it to anyone who hasn't been before, just make sure you book your tickets in advance to beat the queues. Well that's it for this week, thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was Beekeeping, short and sweet. (laughs) 